Welcome to Lead from the Driver's Seat with Al Rattan. With over 30 years in leadership, Al is ready to share his struggles and successes to help you change your mindset and become the leader you want to be. Learn what it takes to be a successful leader and hear from other entrepreneurs as they share their leadership journeys. It's time for you to lead your team or organization to their full potential. Let's get started. Here is your host, Al Rattan. Well, thanks for tuning in for another episode of Lead from the Driver's Seat. And tonight I am I'm honored because I have the mayor of Winkler, Manitoba, Mr. Martin Harder, on with us this evening. Uh, we're coming to you live from, I'm, I'm in Plum Coulee, Manitoba. Mr. Martin Harder is in Winkler and I'm actually excited because I'm going to be a Winkler resident in about three days. I'm excited to move to that fine city that I've been uh, part of working in for so many years. But uh, Mr. Martin Harder, thank you for joining me tonight. It's a pleasure, Alan, and an honor for me to be a part of your uh, interview process. Yeah, I you know I've just sort of, I've launched the podcast a couple of weeks ago. I had a challenge from a friend of mine to step out of my comfort zone a little bit and do something different. So this is what we went with. So you're, you're, uh, you're, you're, you're the, the big guest so far. So thank you for that. Um, so, how, you know, I, I know I, we sort of uh, established a few questions in advance that we would talk about, but if we could start with just one other quick thing, what made you want to get into politics? You know, I, uh, I, my, the, my history is one of change. I've all went, the jobs that I've had, the businesses that I've run, They've all been items where there's been a need for change and there's been a need to have some vision. And uh, I had been uh, in my business for 10 years that I had started from nothing. And so it was kind of wearing a little thin. I've also had a number of different changes in my life, different workplaces and whatever. So, you know, my seven to 10 year cycle is, is a pretty good one. Awesome. So, Excellent. So what I, what I did is I had been there for 10 years and I promised my wife uh, we were going to take a year off. And by, uh, we went to India twice, I went to Israel and came back for the summer and I was bored. And I said, hey, I think maybe there's a chance here, there's an election this fall, maybe I should run. That's how I got in and it's uh, 14 years ago. Yeah, that's that's impressive too, and you've done a lot of great things for the city as in as a, as mayor. So thank you for that as well. So obviously we've gone through some challenging times over the last few months with COVID nineteen, and and I'm I'm asking the different guests I've had on and how they've been able to lead through the COVID nineteen crisis. And I mean, I mean, you know, you're 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 leading an entire city. So how have you? Uh, adapted and led through this COVID-19 crisis? You know, I think uh, the biggest challenge that I've had is to, to have a mental stability going into this thing. As far as the functioning of the city is concerned, uh, we are obligated in order to, to lead from the direction we get from the province. So the decisions that we've had to make locally have been just simply one of compliance. The right. biggest challenge, and somebody asked me uh, uh, earlier through this process, matter of fact, was from a different uh, broadcast station from out of, out of uh, Winkler, 
not in Winkler, and ask the question, what keeps you awake at night? Hmm. And honestly, the fear of the disease has never kept me awake at night because there's things that we can do in order to prevent uh, the opportunities for it to spread. And I think we've done a great job uh, encouraging our city to be able to, to participate and uh, take the precautions necessary. But I told her my biggest fear that I had was what type of a generation we are producing because of COVID-19. And I say, I don't say that lightly. Right. I say that because you listen to the federal government as an example, and you listen to the provincial government, and all you hear, we'll give you this, we'll give you this, we'll give you this. Oh, you're short here, we'll give you that. And trying to appease every single segment of society in order to give them what they want. And when you take a look back at, uh, at uh, the depression of the 30s, you look at the wartime, you look at, uh, at uh, 2008, you look at the 1980s, and we've gone through difficult financial situations before. And survived. But, and survived. <laughs> As a matter of fact, we thrived. Absolutely. Because people started thinking about what they could do. What I was afraid of is we're breeding a generation of dependency. And there's no cure for dependency. No, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. And I think that, you know, if, if one thing we've seen in Winkler is the ingenuity that came up through the town uh, with the different things that business were able to adapt to, but we'll get to that a little bit later. But the cost of this dependency that we're, we're, we're uh, encouraging is honestly, th that, that would keep me up at night because I've, I've, I made a comment on somebody's post the other day that, you know, they were talking about what if a second wave comes? Well, I said right now, you know, us and our kids and our grandkids will be paying for this. If a second wave comes, our great grandchildren are going to be paying for this. Uh, it, it's not sustainable. It's, it's, it's scary just in that in itself. Absolutely. And you know, un unheard of deficits for the country of Canada, you know, and we have to be a little, we have to be proud of the province of Manitoba, because I think we've, we did get ahead of this curve before it got out of hand by some of the stuff we put in place. And we've seen, we've seen some really great results now with things starting to be able to open up again, because the, uh, the testing is coming back positive, the case numbers are dropping. And uh, virtually non-existent, if you take a look, there's only seven active cases in all of Manitoba. There's nobody in the hospital, and, uh, and we're, we're dealing with seven active cases. No, we don't want to get into it a, in, a, in a bigger way, but yet at the same time, we really don't have a problem if we no. simply protect what we have and uh, allow people to get back to work. Absolutely. Whole, wholeheartedly agree with you there. So how have you, you know, like it brings me to the next question. So how have you remained focused and positive through this crisis? Well, there's a couple of things that I've done. Number one, uh, I've concentrated on making sure that uh, I take my time, spend it with my wife. Uh, we have gone on probably, and you've probably seen some of, some of the pictures I posted on my Facebook uh, we're, 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 we're now sunset chasers. Yeah, so and they've been great pictures. <laughs> really nice. Personally, that was a relief mechanism. 
were able to get out, we were able to observe God's beauty that he has created and a reminder again, simply that God is in control. Absolutely. He is in charge, the sun rises, the sun sets on another day. What we have done with that day, he makes a difference. The, the other thing that I did, even as far as the city is concerned, I actually broadcast three videos intended to ease tension and confusion, put some facts out there and encourage people to be encouraged. So I, that, that in itself was therapy for myself as well. Awesome. Uh, the other thing I tried to do, I tried to focus on the fundamentals of the truth. First of all, like I said, we saw God in the beauty of our creation. Yes. I needed to be reminded again and again that God had not forsaken us. And there was a truth in here that he wanted us to learn. And when I looked at my personal life, because in reality, it's been relatively easy going over the last number of years, especially after I sold my business and stock markets were doing okay. Now, all of a sudden, we come to a crash, boom, bang, and that security is gone. I came to realize that security, it doesn't matter whether you have any money in the bank, whether you have assets, whether you have a job, the security part as far as dependency on the world is concerned, that was taken away from us. Absolutely. We needed to find something else to be secure in. And I was delighted to be able to go back to my Christian values, my Christian roots, and just sim simply saying, God, you have been there before in the past. I've had the misfortune of having my wife pass away five years ago or just over five years ago. Yes. And God was there for me then. That one happened to be in the middle of an election period. And I laid awake all night trying, what do I do? Do I, do I uh, uh, drop my election bid and just simply say, I've had enough. I need to look after my wife. And my wife said, no, you have to stay with it. And then mm. one night in the middle of the night, uh, I woke up and the verse that came to me out of the psalm, it says, be still and know that I am God. And that verse came back to me again in a different context. But in reality, it was the same comfort that I needed today. Be still and know that I am God. So that is, that is what I've uh, depended on there as well. You know, and, and that I, I, lo I love, I love that uh, um, because I, this whole thing, like it, it really has forced us to slow down and reevaluate what's, what's the priority in our life. And I think it's brought a lot of people to that point of, you know what, I've been too reliant on me. I need, I need to be reliant on God again, right? I've, I've tried to take this all on me and do it my way. And we've sort of had the rug pulled out from us and saying, you know, and, and I, I even agree, I even think that, you know, what the enemy meant for bad here, God has turned to good because you see the reach of the gospel today with all these churches being forced to go online. And, you know, a small church of 50 is now reaching hundreds, if not thousands, right? So what the enemy meant for good, uh, for bad, God turned to good here. And I think that reliance on him has, uh, has really uh, refocused us during this time. And we've been able to watch many of these uh, live stream uh, church services, whether from our community or across the country. Uh, you know, I've had the chance to, to watch Dr. David Jeremiah, 
And mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that he said, Easter service, they have a church service that they roughly uh, uh, connect with about 10,000 people over the weekend. And that's their normal church service. Right. You know how many times that Easter service was watched on live stream? Over a right. hundred thousand times. That so is incredible. And I look at the church services here. How many, how many church services have we been able to watch and just enjoy? The other one was I, I, I took a book out of our church library by Ravi Zacharias. And little did I know mm. that Ravi Zacharias would be gone by today. Yeah. And uh, his case, uh, the book is called Jesus Among Other Gods. You know, and just to see convincingly who the Savior is, the reason why he's real, and the reason why we need to believe him and depend on him. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, he's a great, you know, like he's, he's getting his reward now in heaven, but it, it's a great loss for, for the Christian community because what a powerful speaker he was and just uh, able to, to speak truth, Yep. to speak truth. So, and, so go on, go on. Sorry, say that again. Well, I was just saying, Dr. Ravi Zacharias, he was an intellectualist, so he could meet with whatever ambassador, whatever, whatever scientist, whatever, and he could just simply tell them the truth. And in reality, today, in my opinion, what's missing in our political world or in our world in general is the truth. Yes. Yes. And, and what is the truth, right? <laughs> what, is, what is the real truth? And I mean, we, we have the answer. The real truth is, is our faith in Jesus Christ. But, uh, and, and the world, like, I encouraged the men in our men's group and, and even at, at a church service online that we, we have the answer. We have the answer and people are hungry and they're searching and they're scared and we have the answer. We have the opportunity to be that light. So uh, I love that. Thank you for sharing that part. Um, so you've, you've talked a little bit about what you've learned about you personally during this pandemic then, but what about what leadership lessons have you learned during the pandemic? I think the most fundamental thing that I learned is don't panic. You take it in stride one day at a time. God has given us a gift of one day at a time. Uh, I think I've also learned to allow others to walk with me to help carry the load. I, I can't say enough about our city staff, and we have some very, very solid Christian leaders in our city staff. And I have to say that they have been most valuable to me as I've learned to be able to sift through a barrage of information and listening to their input and just let the chaff blow away with the rhetoric and simply hang on to the gems that are there that are important. Um, I've also learned that there are a lot of well-meaning Christians that get pretty bent out of shape because of external influences that blow them off course. Yeah. So when I fail to focus on the rock that is higher than I, and and stand on the shifting sand that's where we fail absolutely absolutely uh, you know i i have uh, i and again i i want to honor your time and, and thank you for for spending some time with me tonight but the the title of my podcast is lead from the driver's seat so when you hear that what does that mean to you i saw a bumper sticker on a car years ago and it's probably still around it says god is my co-pilot and I said, that's the biggest lie that there ever has been written. 
if God is in the co-pilot, that means that you're in the controls. And I have learned to stay in the co-pilot seat and allow God to be in control because that is reality. Because once we, once we, if we are not able or willing to give up the reins, whether it's on a political perspective, whether it's on a business perspective, or simply on a personal life, including your marriage, if you refuse to give up control, it is nothing but trouble. Mm. So the dependency on others, dependency on God and making sure that he stays in control of, of, of life so that when we hit those turbulences, he is the one that is going to take us through it. As Ravi Zacharias says too, he will take us through the problem. He's not going to, we can't avoid the problems. The problems will always be there. No, absolutely. Okay. We have a savior who takes us through the problem. And that's what I'm most grateful for at this time as well. He has been there for me and I've received those assurances over and over again. That's really the, 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 the gift of his grace, right? It is seeing us walking with us through the storm. Absolutely. Uh, you know, there, there are many people who, who would proclaim that the Christian faith is all the, uh, you know, roses and, and I'll tell you, there's some, there's some thorns on those roses going along the road. <laughs> there absolutely are. So I just wanted to give you the opportunity because you, you know, uh, people in our community will hear this and, and you know, you're, you're our leader. So Ed, is there anything else that you want to, you want to bring up, you know, talk about how, how Winkler has really, you know, been, been a shining light throughout this storm. You know, it's been the most amazing thing. We have people who are not ready to give up. And I think that's the biggest challenge to moving on to tomorrow. We cannot give up. We have businesses who have come up, who have invented a new piece of equipment. Yes, it's a hand washing station. There's a business who has come up and said, I need to add another 15,000 square feet to my building. And we thought he already... Uh, you know, had the biggest building in town. And now all of a sudden, he's a product development stage and he wants to add that. We have people who are coming to City Hall and wanting to buy industrial property because they want to build a building. We have a mall that may uh, still get a renovation job this year. The biggest thing uh, that uh, the announcement that I made today is we had an accessible playground uh, plan to be built through the Jumpstart program with Canadian Tire. Yes, that's Last right. Friday, and and a month ago they said with all this COVID thing we can't do it. Okay, well then we'll wait till next year. Last Friday they called, and they said our programming for our Jumpstart programs are all cancelled, and though we have this pot of money, we still think maybe we'd like to do it somewhere. And I just want to know whether you're ready. Huh. Absolutely, we're ready. <laughs> That's awesome. Today, I get confirmation that this summer, although it'll be a month delayed because we're behind the time a little bit now, mm -hmm. that facility will be built. It's a three-quarter million dollar facility, and it will be an asset to our community. Our Meridian Exhibition Center is being built, and people are using their imagination as to how they can face tomorrow. And a lot of them are. And for those who are falling between the cracks, we have so many different community groups, including Central Station, that is just doing a phenomenal job. 
Unbelievable job, yeah. Catch them before they fall through the cracks. Yeah, that's amazing. You know, sorry? That's who Winkler is. Yeah, that's, it, it has been truly for me inspiring to see the town stepping up and serving. You know, it, it has, um, I, I'm proud. I'm proud of this, this area that we live in. And, and I know you are too. I could tell that in your voice. So, uh, Mr. Mayor, I mean, I always call you Mr. Mayor. Uh, I've always called you Mr. Mayor. Uh, you know, I value, I, I know that we don't necessarily get, to, you and I get to spend a lot of time together, but I valued every interaction we've had. And I am grateful for your friendship and I'm thankful for your service to our community. I know you're passionate about Winkler. You want what's best for Winkler. And that comes out in, in everything that you do. And so I just want to thank you for, for serving this, this town. I know it's not, it's, you don't get paid the big bucks for all the stuff you go through for, for, for being mayor of a town this size. But I mean, you've done a lot of really good for this community. So thank you very much for serving us in such a way and for, and for being humble enough to seek God through, through it all too, because that takes a, that takes a big man to set aside self a little bit and, and seek after God. So thank you for that. And I'm thankful for the opportunity. And uh, another time I'll tell you the story. There's a deeper story of my connection to Winkler, but obviously oh. also a deeper story to my connection to God. And uh, just delighted that I can serve him. And uh, I used to be a late minister and somebody asked me, uh, why would you be running for mayor as a, as a lay minister? Are you trying to evangelize the town? Well, yes. Maybe I, maybe I am, but I said at the time, who I am as a Christian will make a difference as to who I will be as a politician. I agree, wholeheartedly agree. We need godly people in politics now more than ever. So again, thank you for your service. Um, so everyone, thanks for tuning in. I hope you got great value from this evening and from this, from this time with Mr. Martin Harder, Mayor of Winkler, Manitoba. And again, Mr. Mayor, thank you so much for joining us, uh, joining me tonight and being a guest on my podcast. Thank you, Al. Thanks for doing it and God bless. God bless, sir. Take care. Thanks for listening to Lead from the Driver's Seat with Al Rutan. Al would love to hear from you. Reach out anytime at www.alrutan.com or hello at alrutan.com.